Healthy teams are the lifeblood of children's ministry. But just because you have a bunch of leaders together in one place doesn't mean they're functioning as a team. How do you help your team learn to play together and stay together? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today on the Simple Kid Men Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Simple Kid Men Podcast, the podcast where we take that complicated world of children's ministry and we boil it down to those things that matter most. Today we are picking up where the last episode left off in part two of a conversation about building healthy teams. Sorry for the delay between episodes. I was hoping to get back with you in a couple of weeks right after the July episode, but summer happened. Super busy, crazy time at church, super busy, crazy time with my family, All was awesome and great, but not a lot of opportunities for podcasting. But now we are back to school and I'm back to the microphone and we can continue talking about building healthy teams. Okay, in the last episode, we talked about recruiting healthy team players for your team. And we talked about the characteristics of what to look for and what to coach in people once you have them on your team. We also talked about how to place them in the right roles and to help them to use their gifts and their wiring so that they can be functioning in the right spot on your team. But today we're going to start off talking about a constant challenge for team leaders, and that is helping your teammates to think as a team and not just as individuals. Now, by nature, most people just think about whatever's in front of them. This means that left to our own devices, even the most talented people will do a fantastic job in their own area, regardless of how it affects the overall team. This means that someone could knock it out of the park in their individual ministry role in your children's ministry, but they could do it in a way that hurts the overall team's success. Now you see this when people who are passionate about ministry start to get siloed and protective of their own space or of their own part of the children's ministry area. It may be a small group or a Sunday school room, or maybe they're a large group teacher and they think that's like the most important part. And it's easy for any of us to get blinders and to not be able to see how our behavior impacts the rest of the team. For instance, you may have a storyteller who is flat out awesome, but they continually go over the time allotted for the large group story, which means the small group leaders are getting cheated out of time with the kids. So this person may be fantastic in communicating the Bible, but the overall team is suffering because of the way that they are leading. So how do you help people to get around that? Well, helping people to make the mental shift from me to us, honestly, it can be a big job. I mean, think about it. Teamwork requires a diverse group of unique individuals to combine their efforts, pull their talents, and sacrifice their own personal desires and achievement for the good of the team. It requires honest, clear communication, and in short, it's a lot of work. Now, one great way that you can help people learn to think like a team is to celebrate examples of teamwork. I think it was Andy Stanley who once said, what gets celebrated gets repeated. So what you need to do is look for examples of teamwork and collaboration and find opportunities to showcase it to the entire team. Give them a gift card, bake them a cake, declare a national holiday in their name, do whatever you can to make it a big deal that they put the needs of the team and the overall goals of your children's ministry team above their own individual role. So what do you need to look for? Well, here are some of the many team honoring behaviors that you're gonna want to highlight for your team. 
Number one, helping outside of their area of responsibility or their environment. So for example, maybe you have a third grade small group leader who during a service where she's not even supposed to serve, drops her child off in preschool. She notices the preschool room is short on leaders, so she jumps in to help even though it's not her room or her hour to serve. Why? Because she cared about the overall success of the children's ministry. She's pitching in to help the whole ministry win and not just focus on her third grade room. That's teamwork, so celebrate it. Another thing you'll wanna look for is any examples of someone who is sacrificing short-term individual gain for the long-term good of the team. For example, what if you have a Sunday school teacher who has a handful of kids and they meet in a big room? and this Sunday school teacher decides to give up their awesome space for another class that's busting at the seams. It may mean that they have to move to a room that's not as ideal so the bigger class can have the space they need. And maybe they had their original room set up in a really cool way. And so maybe that individual class can't succeed as well in the smaller room, but their sacrifice helps the overall children's ministry succeed because now Another class that's much larger has the space they need. You need to celebrate things like that. When somebody sacrifices the good of short-term individual gain for long-term good of the team, that's something you wanna honor. Show that your team values it when people sacrifice for each other and for the good of the ministry. Another thing you're gonna wanna highlight is anyone doing behind the scenes work to set the team up to win. I mean, think about those people who stay after an event to help with cleanup or the folks who help with planning and supply prep. Celebrate them and highlight how their hard work contributes to what God is doing in children's ministry. The more you celebrate unsung heroes in your ministry, the more people will begin to see that it takes everyone to help the team win. Any opportunity that you have to point out how somebody's role contributes to the bigger win for the team, that is going to be money in the bank because people are gonna get it and they're gonna say, I wanna play my part and help my teammates play their part because we want to see the ministry win. We wanna see the church win. Ultimately, we wanna see God's kingdom win and kids and family be impacted. Now, another way that you can help people to learn to think like a team is to build community. Create opportunities for your leaders to be able to pray together, play together, get people in the word together, give them opportunities to do fun stuff together outside of Sunday morning, give them opportunities to bring their families together for a cookout or go bowling or have a movie night or whatever else because as people begin to get together outside of just doing ministry, they're gonna build relationships and that's gonna honor God because it's gonna help them to be able to function more like a body. One of the really helpful tools our ministry uses to help build community is group texting. So each room of people who serve together will be a part of a texting conversation that is led by their point leader or coach. And that's just a really great tool to be able to share prayer requests and updates and folks that are on their way to the hospital sometimes will text their children's ministry team before they text anybody else because they know that they're gonna be praying for them and they're gonna have their back and they're like family supporting each other. So any way that you can build community on your team and give them opportunity to build those incredible spiritual relationships, well, teamwork is just gonna naturally flow out of that because great community leads to people serving each other in love. And another way to get people thinking as a team is just to continually remind everyone on your team of the mission, that it's not about any individual environment or any individual role or any individual part of your children's ministry. 
It's about reaching kids with the gospel. It's about going out into the world with the good news. It's about ministering to families and, and giving leaders a place to discover their gifts and grow in their calling. It's about being the body of Christ on mission together. And the more that you can keep the overall mission of your children's ministry out front, the harder it's going to be for people to fall into bad habits of individual silos or just looking out for themselves or just thinking about the success of their room or their area of ministry. So keep the mission first and foremost. Okay, that brings us to the last but probably most crucial part of building healthy teams, and that is fighting for team health. Now, no matter how hard you work at recruiting healthy team players, no matter how much you coach them up to help them to grow in areas to become more mature together, no matter how much you work at getting people in the right seats on the bus and how much you work to help them to think like a team, you're still going to have issues that are going to come up in your children's ministry that you as the leader are going to have to deal with. And your resolve to deal with these issues is going to either make or break your team health. What kind of issues am I talking about? Well, it's just the kind of thing that happens when any group of people get together. You have personality conflicts, immaturity that rears its ugly head. You have misunderstandings. And sometimes in a team, you have somebody who's either not doing their job because they're not as committed as other people, or maybe they're not doing it because they need some coaching and some teaching and they don't have a clear vision for what their role looks like when it's done really, really well. And sometimes these conflicts can bubble underneath the surface. Other times they can explode into a really big deal. And it is up to you as the team leader to be able to deal with the underlying issues of dysfunction on your team. I mean, the fact is that all teams inside and outside the church are made up of sinful, broken people like you and me. And sometimes our sin and our brokenness and our baggage gets in the way of our ability to contribute to an amazing team and be able to help the whole team move forward together. That's why each of us as team players and as team leaders, we have to make an intentional choice to fight for the health of our teams. Fighting for the health of our teams often means being more vulnerable and honest and courageous and open than many of us are naturally comfortable with. But team health and the results of great ministry are totally worth it. So have the hard conversations. When you see someone's attitude or actions or words affecting the health of your children's ministry team, address it privately, but immediately. If one teammate's always running late to meetings or to serving on Sunday, talk to them about it and how it affects the rest of the team who has to either wait around or cover their area because they're consistently late. If someone isn't doing what they said they would do and the rest of the team suffers for it, address it. If you sense underlying tension between team members, get them together and talk about it. Team health is always worth fighting for because great, healthy teams honor God and do amazing kingdom work together. Now, this is a really personal issue for me because some of the hardest times in ministry have been the result of me not being great at fighting for team health. And so over the years, I've learned so many lessons the hard way, and God has grown me and helped me to get to a place where I am fully committed to doing whatever it takes to fight for the health of my team. So here are just a few tips to boil all of this down. Number one, champion team health. 
As the leader, you have to own it. You have to fight for it. You have to pray over it ferociously. The enemy wants to divide and distract from the great work that your team is doing in children's ministry, and you can't let him have your team. You can't let him have the influence that your team can have over your kids and your family. So get on your knees and bring God into the fight. Number two, be rock solid in your identity in Christ. If you're prone to people pleasing, you're going to struggle to lead a healthy team. As a young leader, I was really insecure and that made it hard to speak truth to people. And until I overcame that by drilling down into my identity in Christ, I could not lead our team to health. Number three, have hard conversations. Resolve conflict biblically. One of the hardest lessons I ever learned as a leader is you get what you allow. And if you allow divisiveness and misalignment on your teams, you're going to have no one to blame but yourself. And that was the case with me. You have to have high standards for excellence in your ministry and hold people to that with gentleness and love, but also by being firm in the truth. And when people are causing division in your ministry, you have to confront that immediately. When people aren't doing their roles well, you have to sit down and talk about that and see how you can help or maybe if there's a better place for them to serve. The last thing to remember is to keep the mission the number one thing. Remember what God has called you to. He's called you to welcome kids in Jesus's name. Let the little children come to me, Jesus said, and do not hinder them. So it's up to us to leverage our teams to help kids to come to Jesus, to support parents in their discipleship at home, to come alongside of them, and to fill in the gap for kids who don't have great spiritual parenting at home. Our calling is too great. It is too important to let divisiveness on our team get in the way of great children's ministry. So when you keep the mission the number one thing, God will use that to give you courage to have the hard conversations, to be rock solid in your identity in Christ, and to champion team health no matter what. I always think about the story of Nehemiah when I think about fighting for team health. Think about Nehemiah. God called him to a great work. The city of Jerusalem was in disgrace. And as a result, God's people, God's kingdom was in disgrace. And God called Nehemiah to rebuild it. But Nehemiah had critics. He had enemies. He had people who were divisive, people who were determined that they would not succeed. He had people who were actively working against him to thwart the mission. And in the same way, we have an enemy who is actively working against us and our volunteers to thwart the mission of children's ministry. And so Nehemiah had to adapt a whole new strategy because he was under attack. Here's what it says in the NIV in Nehemiah 4, 15 to 18. Nehemiah says, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. And from that day on, half the men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon with the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. Now think about that, guys. While we're building, we also have to be on guard. We have to be ready to fight for team health, to stop what we're doing and have conversations and to look for places where our team needs us to help them to not just learn to think like a team, but to function like a team and as the body of Christ. But I'm telling you, after 23 years of children's ministry, I have learned that sacrificing my own insecurities, that working on my own identity in Christ, that developing conflict skills, it's all worth it because 
getting to be a part of what God is doing in the lives of kids and families, there's nothing like it. Children's ministry is such an amazing place to serve because we get to impact kids, parents, and leaders, but we can't do that if there's dysfunction that is crippling our team or getting in the way of accomplishing the mission. And that brings us to our simple takeaway today. Our simple takeaway is healthy teams are worth the fight. And the Bible verse that I want us to focus in on is John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In other words, the evidence of our relationship with Jesus can be shown in our relationships with our fellow believers in the body of Christ, our team. And when people begin to see that your team is a team that honors Jesus and relationships are healthy, and when it's not healthy, that you will be committed to working through hard times with your leaders, they'll begin to see the evidence that Jesus is working in your midst. And that's contagious with the kids and with the parents and with other leaders. And I will say too, a great side benefit of team health is it makes recruiting leaders a whole lot easier. If they know they're coming into a healthy community of believers, then that's a lot more attractive than uh, situations where people are in ministry silos and are just out for their own kind of little area of ministry and are competitive with each other and maybe are harboring some undercurrents of resentment or conflict that hasn't been dealt with. All of that stuff is no good at all. It has no place in our ministry. But when we're fighting for team health, well, that's attractive to new volunteers because they want to be a part of that kind of community of people who are on mission, loving each other, loving kids and families, and serving Jesus together. Okay, guys, that is my soapbox for this time around. I hope this helps you to really think about what you can do to champion team health in your church. And if you're facing an issue that just seems overwhelming right now, let me just remind you, God is bigger. I have faced so many times where I felt like there was some kind of a relational struggle or obstacle or some dynamics that were going on that I thought, there's no way we're gonna get through this and I'm not courageous enough to deal with it. But here's what I found out. My God's bigger and he helped me to have the hard conversations. He helped me to do the hard work and he moved on people's hearts until we got to a better place. And so uh, I just want to encourage you in that, that if it's unhealthy right now, it can get better with God's help. It can get better because God loves his church and he will fight for it for unity and he will fight for it to help his kids know him. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope this has been encouraging for you. Hope you have a great week with your teams and that you guys have a blast serving this next weekend in children's ministry. I'll see you back here next time for Simple Kid Men. 